Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Do you ever think that we live in a dark world? <laughs> you think? Has the world ever seemed so dark to you that you can actually seem to feel it? The great Bible writer David knew all about this, and in Psalm 139, he realizes that the light of God is greater than the darkness of the world. In fact, David comes to realize that God's light is so great that the world's darkness cannot even put a dent in it. Perhaps this is just the reminder you need today. Perhaps you need to remember that God wants to go through trouble with you. To learn more, let's join Pastor Jim for the conclusion of his message. God is always with you. What a tremendous concept this is, whether it is you're trying to think about what is the next step of faith in your life or you're running from the Lord, no matter what, when you arrive, Jesus will be there. That's why I always say that you, a lot of times to come to Jesus Christ, you need to get to the bottom of the barrel. And then guess who's the only guy there waiting for you? Jesus Christ. People say to me, Pastor Jim, I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. Well, they're not Christians. I go, okay, let's grease that rope and get you to the bottom of the barrel (laughs) because that's where you're going to meet Jesus. Beautiful concept. It was about this time 34 years ago. In fact, it may have been this very weekend or probably last weekend that someone invited me for the first time in my life to a church like ours. And I heard God speak to me as a man taught the Bible. Now, it wasn't an audible voice, but I knew it wasn't my head. And I knew it wasn't the guys talking. There was just another voice inside of my head. So I kept going back to church, but I was also quite the party animal. So I went on kind of the every other week routine, you know, the hangover, not too bad. I went to church, the hangover, really bad. I didn't go to church. I was trying to live this way. We call it one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. If you're living that way, let me give you a bit of advice. The reason I said that the Lord knows that your rocket might crash is your rocket is going to crash. The Bible calls it being a double-minded man. And it makes you completely unstable, the scripture teaches. Book of James, if you don't believe me. And... So this James was double-minded. And some people, whenever I say I'm James, my name is James, people go, no, your name is Jim. No, it's actually James. But don't call me that unless I can call you mommy, okay? (laughs) So I was double-minded, unstable. Two months later, the relentless company builder was falling apart. All my friends said to me, you're just stressed, man. You're just, you're going and going and going at 150 miles an hour. I used to sleep two or three hours a night for a long time. That was it. Pumping myself up with substances if I had to, to keep going, whatever I had to do. And my friends were like, you're just stressed. That's all it is. It's not this religious stuff that you're kind of getting into right now. You just need a vacation. You need to get away. So I hopped on a plane and I went far. I went all the way down to St. Thomas. As we're landing, the guy says, the runway in St. Thomas is kind of short for a plane this big. I'm thinking, oh no, I'm going to (laughs) die. So I get get there, I get a taxi cab, I tell him where I'm staying. And of course, he tells me on the short taxi cab ride where to get drugs, uh, girls, 
all kinds of stuff. Gives me his phone number, whatever you want. I'll get it for you, young man. I guess I look like that kind of guy. So I get there. I look on the pool and it's spring break for a lot of college kids. I look kind of young back then. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be great. Okay, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to just relax and be me. And um, so I go and I, and I sit at the pool. There's a chair there and I just sit at a pool. Some girl comes next to me. She says, well, you want to buy me a drink? I said, okay, I'll buy you a drink. So the drink comes or the drink's next to me. She goes, she goes back in the pool and I'm, we're right on the bay. And I'm like, oh, this is good. I can forget all this religious stuff. I, this is going to be great. I look out over the bay and it takes about 20 seconds. And I'm like, oh man, Jesus is here too. <laughs> Like, I'm like, he followed me here. He followed me here. Silly, silly me. Two days later, he rescued my soul. I love verse 10. He says, even, even there, all the places he talked about, verse eight and nine, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. As David's writing, his, his faith is growing. You'll see that a lot in the Psalms. You'll see like, you're like, oh, this guy's kind of doubting. I'm kind of into this. He doubts like I do. And then you see the faith growing as the Psalm goes on. And as you and I get into the word of God and get the word of God into us, we'll find out that our faith and trust grows. Now, this is an important thing about the Bible. We think, oh, I have to get up and read my Bible. It's not what you do. It's what the Bible does to you when you get into it with your full heart and your full concentration, not just checking off a list. I admit there's sometimes you're like, I read a sentence. I'm like, what's that? I gotta read that again. But that doesn't mean you always know what to do. It doesn't mean you always know what the future holds. You just really know more than anything else that the Lord is holding you. That's how the apostle Paul could tell the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. He goes, well, when I'm weak, that's actually when I'm strong. That's not logic. That's a man who is immersed in the word of God. But the Lord is also leading you. But what we need to do is we need to stop following our impulses. It, this is epidemic so many people follow their impulses and they say, oh, the Lord led me to do this. I'm like, he didn't lead you to do that. You could, why don't you just say you wanted to do it? See, often we're following our desires. And this is something that I don't know about you, but God constantly challenges me on. What are my true desires? Are my true desires for him? That will make reading the Bible, studying the Bible, coming to church, serving God's people, loving God's people, completely effortless for me, effortless. But if it's only about what I want to do, then there's a battle in my mind. Oh, there's what I should do and there's what I want to do. And sometimes one wins out over the other. But when we are following the Lord, when he is our desire, we will experience his leading and his comfort. Not to mention his mercy, his wisdom, his love, and his power. If we don't have that, it is very hard to fight the battle of wanting to quit. 
Do you ever drive down the road and you're thinking like, it would be so much easier if I just quit this whole following Jesus thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, that ain't happening to me. Uh, am I the only one that's ever happened to? The rest of you are just liars. Yeah, you're just like, no, 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 no. You're like Peter. Where am I going to go? You've got to be kidding me. I'm not going to do that. Verse 11 and 12, he says, if I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me. Another version says, the darkness shall cover me or hide me. Even the night shall be light about me or light around me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. Another version says, even the darkness is not dark to you, but the night shines as or like the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. God is so much full of light and goodness that it's greater than any darkness. We talk about the light piercing the darkness. With God, the darkness can't pierce the light. It's hard to know the, the darkness even that David is talking about here. It, it could be the, the darkness of the soul that inevitably some of us or all of us will go through a darkness that crushes you, a darkness that overwhelms you. It could be an enemy seeking to ruin you. It could be David or any one of us just trying to get away from God or, or trying to hide from God. But David says, the darkness, whatever the darkness is, it is as light to you. In other words, the Lord knows and sees whether it's that crushing anxiety that you're dealing with, that pain and hurt you're dealing with, or that trying to pull some sin over God's, you know, do some sin, think that God's not going to see it. The Lord sees it all. And yet here, it seems to me that through faith and trust, David is growing more appreciative. Now, we spent most of last year in the book of Daniel. Now, the book of Daniel was written about 400 years after David wrote this. Could you imagine the comfort that this brought, this psalm brought some of God's people in the darkness of Babylon? When they were there, really because, especially the ones that were younger, maybe they were born there, they were there because of the sins of their forefathers, and thinking that they had been abandoned by God. And then they come across this and constantly reminding ourselves, yes, things are not what we want them to be, but God is with us. And we need to be like men like Daniel, faithful. On the other hand, the fact that God is seeing and knowing all is discouraging and unsettling for those who try to hard hide in the darkness. But once again, deep down, don't we all know that we cannot hide? The sad fact is there are many people who are on the run from God. And the reasons I think, you know, the older I get, the reasons, the reasons I think are, they vary as much as the people do. It can come down to a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it seems that People don't always want to be in God's will. They don't want to walk in the way of Jesus. 
Or maybe life just got out of hand, out of control, and they don't know how to come back. The easiest thing is just to, just to bow your head in a moment and just say, Lord, today I come back. I'm coming back. This is it. This is it. Maybe some people don't know. That's why we exist. I mean, we, we, we build ourselves up here in the faith. We hopefully come to love God more than when we walked in the door. Jesus said, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you're in love, you tell someone. And so the more we love Jesus, not up here just in our head, but as we love him in our hearts, the more we will tell people about him. So if you say, oh, I got to tell more people. I got to tell more people. I got to tell more people. I would say that's not the case. I would say the case is you need to seek to love God more. You need to seek to experience his love more and be a funnel of his love. Not a cul-de-sac of grace, not a cul-de-sac of love. You don't, you know, God's love doesn't come to you and just kind of go around in circles. No, it comes into you. There's so much of it. It overflows. A lot of it stays in you, but way more of it goes outside of you because you have it to share. Many people want God involved in their lives, don't they? but they want him involved on their terms. And they often want God to look the other way on certain things. But that's not who the Lord is. You see, the Lord is a, is a good father. The Lord is a loving father who wants the best for you and running from him or hiding from him will never bring the best into your life. It may seem like it does, but it ultimately won't. The Lord wants all, all of us every day to run back to him. Often the way the Lord does that is he, he brings or allows difficult times into our lives. It's what we call the Lord's discipline. Now there's really two types of the Lord's discipline. If I'm just going to simplify it, one is like the training of an athlete and, and, you know, an athlete trains hard in order to get better. And it, and it takes time. You don't train hard one time and you're in shape. It, it takes a lot of time. And so sometimes God says, you know what? I want to grow you in this area. I want to teach you. I know, I know I, you know, being a pastor, I've had to learn how to teach through heartache. I've had to learn how to teach through illness. I've had to learn how to teach through other people's heartache. I've learned how to teach, learn how to, you know, pastor through betrayal. I've had to learn how to do a lot of different things that I really did not know how to do before. And sometimes God will say to me, Jim, sometimes the pastor is the message. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. And nobody can train you for that. God is, it is the training and the discipline of an athlete. At other times it happens when we are unfaithful in areas of our lives. And we're trying to do stuff, but at every corner we're experiencing frustration. And we know what it is. We're like, it's God. He's, he's behind this. He's frustrating all of the different things that's going on in our hearts. And sometimes we look back and we think, I was not aware he was frustrating me or I was aware and I completely ignored him and I let my whole world fall apart and I was unwilling to say all I really needed to do was to start walking with the Lord again. Perhaps we're trying to look more spiritual than we actually are. And we wonder why our ministry or our lives can't get any traction. And God is saying to us, take the mask off. 
Start being who you are. And sometimes God will bring people to test us and make our life really, really difficult. If you know the story of King David, before he w- when he was the anointed king, but not yet the king, some, he had Saul throwing spears at him. Saul was the king. Maybe we think we're like David. And Saul is throwing spears at us. Oh God, what do I do? What do I do? And then God has to show you or me. No, here's the problem. You are the spear thrower. And we need to repent. And we need to come back to God. Godly men and women lean on the Lord in the face of spear throwers, but nor do they want to be a spear thrower themselves. Like David, they wait on God's timing. And while they wait, they just don't sit and wait. They serve God. Maybe you have a dream or a goal or a vision in your life. You know, (laughs) a goal is not a plan. Moving is a plan. And here's the thing that I know a lot of people who, especially the church I came from, guys wanted, they said, I think God's calling to me to be a pastor. I'd go, that's great. What do you, how are you serving God now? And they go, well, I'm not. I'm like, well, it's going to be a long wait, brother. Well, what do you mean? There much, there's much that God needs to teach you in the process of serving before you take the next step. You're serving in the parking lot. You tell somebody, hey, can you go around back? You're a 24-year-old dude and the parking lot's a little icy today. We're leaving this open for some of the older people. I'm not saying you're old. And he goes, now I want to park here. You want to take the guy, you want to throw a spear at that guy. You need that guy. You need him to test you and try you and mold you into the guy that God wants you to be. And even sometimes he'll take that guy and he'll say, you know, you can be a lot like that guy with your wife. You can be a lot that way with your coworkers. So we wait on God and we serve while we wait because we know that God's hand is upon us. And that's what I want to close with. Look back at verse 10. Even there, in other words, no matter where I am or what's going on, your hand shall lead me. Another version says, your hand shall guide me. Hand often talks about the power of God. And your right hand shall hold me. Another version says, will hold on to me. What an incredible thought for a child of God that God's hand is upon you and it's holding you. When I was a kid, when I was eight years old, we were visiting my grandparents who lived out in Phoenix, not really, they lived in this place where everybody was really old called Sun City, Arizona. And we drove to a place called Flagstaff, Arizona. I was the only kid that went. My brother had to stay home. And uh, we drove to Flagstaff, Arizona, one of the top snow places actually in the United States of America. And we went to a rodeo and it was packed. And uh, as we came out of the rodeo, you know how you're coming out of those events sometimes and it's like this and the people are all close to another. Well, everybody was kind of moving around this one section 
And as we got close, I was standing right over and it was a sad thing to see. It was, they told me that a lot of Navajo Indian lived up there and it was a drunk Indian man who was completely passed out drunk and the crowd was just going around him and squeezing even tighter, pretending like that man didn't even exist. Now I'm being, I'm eight, I'm being crushed by the crowd. And I can remember to this day how fearful I was, how afraid I was. And I just wanted to get out of there. I just wanted to escape, but I couldn't. And at one moment I was stuck. The crowd wasn't moving. And I was like, oh no. And all of a sudden I felt this big hand grab my hand. And I looked up and it was my dad and I felt safe and I felt secure and I felt rescued. Many, many years later, my family and I were down in Key West. Interesting place if you've never been there. (laughs) We were down in Key West and we were in one of those bar restaurants and we came out after having dinner, and there was a man, same thing, crowds of people going down, they all go down to watch the sunset uh, uh, in Key West, right? And and so the crowds of people going around this drunken man on the sidewalk, passed out, and my son Tim was about 10 years old at the time, and I looked at him, and he looked terrified. What do you think came to my head? Flagstaff, Arizona. And I grabbed my little son's, he's my youngest, I grabbed his hand and he looked up at me and he was no longer afraid because his father, that big hand, was holding that little hand. What I want in my life and what I want in your life is I don't want us to run from God. I want us to run to God. And not only do I want God's hand upon us, I want God's hand to grab our little hand and for us to be glad that he did. If problems in your life and fear and things in your life are beyond control. Just remember and try to never forget the Lord is always with you. Jesus Christ, God become a man, died on the cross and only God had the resources to raise him from the dead. And at the end of the day, only God can really help you. On the cross, it seemed to Jesus that that God had looked the other way, that God had abandoned him so much so he yelled out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why would God do that to Jesus? Well, it was so that all who would turn to God and put their trust in Jesus would not be forsaken and would not be abandoned. In other words, Jesus was forsaken and abandoned in your place if you put your trust in him by confessing your sins and your unbelief. 
And there may still be days when you feel abandoned, but you can know that God's hand is always upon you if you have trusted in him. So friend, I beg you today, don't quit. Don't quit. If you're here and you're on the verge of quitting, don't quit. If you're home or you're listening on the radio, whatever, don't quit. As Warren Wearsby said, it's always too soon to quit. Come to Jesus. Come home today. Let the hand of God lead you to a reordered, kingdom-centered, fulfilling life. Oh yes, a life that has lots of ups and downs, but a life that is based upon a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not some silly, worldly performance pressure, but a life that knows that God is with you and God is for you. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.